0: Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast Show with Mike and Alex. We thank you for joining us as we have a couple of beers and a cigar and talk about what's going on in our lives. Grab an adult beverage and a smoke and settle in with us. Please like, subscribe, and comment on each show so we can hear whether you agree or disagree with our take on things. Listen wherever your favorite podcasts are and at www.dumbideapodcast.com. We, we both had a friend that is going through a divorce and you know, it got me thinking are people really do people have the conversation about how to live a married life before they're married or do they fall in love uh, really enjoy spending time with each other don't live with each other beforehand and then decide to get married and then all of a sudden they're thrust into this situation where they're trying to learn how to be married and what happens when you get married and you, you have a definite difference of opinion on just almost anything from religion to, um, parenting, whether you want to have kids, how you, and how you want to raise those kids where you want to raise those kids. Um, And I was thinking, you know, my wife and I, we had talked about it before we got married. And part of that conversation was uh, it was brought on by the fact that we're we weren't of the same religion. And so one of the main questions we both had was um, when we had children, how were we going to raise them and which faith were we going to raise them in? So um, my wife being Jewish, I was Christian. uh, I was always brought up, and my mother had always kind of put this in my head, that you always raise the children uh, in the wife's religion.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that also, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's how the lineage works, at least in Judeo-Christian or, or, you know, with – with uh, in the Jewish faith is that whatever the mother is, that's what the children are. I think that's So right. I think that's actually like written down somewhere. Um, but my wife and I had a similar, I mean, <clears throat> granted not the difference between Jewish and Christian. She was Catholic and, and I was Episcopalian. So it was at least some, somewhere along the, the same vein. And we definitely talked about it, uh, but we talked about a lot. We met when we were 20 and then, you know, we've been together ever since. So, you know, we had a lot of discussions. Um, but it's definitely something that I think people don't do. I think, you know, the old joke—you got, you know, don't don't buy the cow before you taste the milk, you know, that sort of thing. But I think it goes further than that. It's definitely something where you know anyone who's been in a roommate situation before, boys, buddies, you know, hey, you know, we're in college, let's get a, a house. And the next, you know, their little tiny habits annoy the annoy you to death Right. and it's so different with you know with a spouse if you've never lived together or spent a considerable amount of time together you're not going to know that the fact that that this person always leaves the cap off the toothpaste just drives you nuts or the fact that someone puts the toilet paper just little tiny things but after a while those
0: things definitely build up right and so i mean are, are they really and a lot of these things are okay what is really going to annoy me and then what shouldn't annoy me what should i just let go and like it, even something as stupid as you just mentioned like the the, the toothpaste yeah right that drives me nuts oh it
1: <laughs> but it shouldn't
0: it shouldn't right
1: it's it's the dumbest thing it, it, it really is like what why would you get annoyed over toothpaste but now I have to use that same toothpaste, and the cap is off, and you get all that scuzzy toothpaste glom around the outside of it. <laughs> needs to be removed. <laughs> right. So it's definitely something that. But I think a lot like, like the, those annoyances, as long as it's built on a solid foundation, right. are good. Right. You know, not good, but you can deal with them. But when they get to the point where it's driving you nuts, that's probably more symptomatic than it is the,
0: the 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 actual cause. Well, something a little like the toothpaste thing. It's probably more that some. Other things are bothering you, and the accumulation of those things has led up to, oh, uh, and the toothpaste. Yeah, it's yeah. like the toothpaste is the thing that just reminds you of all the other things. Uh, for me, the toothpaste is I'm just really, really cheap, and I want to get every single little drop of toothpaste out of the tube. Oh, I will roll and, that thing up, <laughs> yeah. and I'm squeezing it. I'm like, eh, I think there's a little bit more. Mm. and but You can't do that when it's squeezed from the middle. I want it squeezed from the bottom all the way. Although with the new ones now, they stand up and you can, they don't squeeze. Like they don't, the air doesn't come out of them. Oh, I still get the cheap toothpaste. You don't have the fancy tube. Mm -mm. I don't have that. I don't, I don't have that bougie toothpaste. One one of the other things I was kind of interested about, and we were, um, we were talking with some, some other friends tonight about how finances Work in some of these relationships, and with my wife and I, we have a shared checking and a shared savings and that's it. Mm-hmm. We we also have some, I mean, shared credit cards and whatnot. But yeah. Everything is shared. I guess there are, there's another way to do this, and I wasn't really aware of it. And our our friend and his wife have separate banking accounts, separate checks. So direct deposit goes into one for her, one for him. They may have a shared account somewhere, but I, I realized that that's not too out of the norm, I guess, because I was talking to another couple tonight, and they do the same thing. Yeah, my, and, my aunt and
1: uncle did that, and they, I mean, they're my parents' age, so they're obviously of a different generation. They did that. They kept everything separate. Uh, we do everything together, but we both had little side part-time gigs, so I had a account for that, and she had her own. So it was like your own little, you know. That was my that was my spending money, and and her as well. But all the bills and all the big paychecks went into one. So you know, and now like she has to handle. I'm terrible with 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 you know with bills. So she is uh, she's very much the one that needs to do it because if I do it, um, we'll be
0: homeless. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So I manage the finances in our family. Um, we used to have something where we were like, okay, well, what's the dollar threshold that you have to ask the other person? I think we ended up at like 500 bucks, which is fairly healthy, right? Mm-hmm. The only, after a while though, I kind of met, I kind of told my wife, cause after a while she was asking, Hey, can I spend this amount? Can I spend that amount? And I'm, <clears throat> I didn't want to be the banker. Right. right. I don't want to do, like, I don't mind taking care of the bills and, and making sure everything gets paid, but I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the gatekeeper to what you can spend. And so eventually I just said, look, you have access to the bank account. Go in there. You know how much the mortgages and how much the car payments are. Those are our biggest payments. As long as we have enough money in there to pay those, I said, then go ahead. Mm -hmm. especially if it's a need for the house. Right. Like the other day, like I bought like, it was a hundred bucks and it was a jump, a jump booster pack for the car. Like these little battery packs that you can hook up to the positive and negative of the battery. So Mm -hmm. you don't need a jump from someone else. Right. Um, And I bought it for the trip that we're going on and it was a hundred bucks, but it it wasn't like, it's, it's not a toy, right? It's something that we needed. So, do we run the $100 past it? No, not really.
1: Yeah. And, but, yeah, and that's something that you can use. That's, like, a durable good. Like, you're going to use that thing yeah. for years. Right. So,
0: you know, it's not like you went out and spent $100 on a pair of socks. No, but like let's say, like, a, like a couple of years ago, she wanted to go out to California to see her friend. she was like, hey, look, this is going to be about 1000 bucks. Cool. And, you know, I was like, well, how yeah. did it look in the bank account? She's like, it looks fine. I was like, well, okay. I was like. Yeah, you know, as long as it works out time wise, I said like, go ahead. You know? And, but again though, it wasn't like I wanted to be the one to say yes or no. It's like I'm not gonna I don't want to be the one to cancel your trip, right? It's a because yeah, give permission. C- right. It's it's not that kind of marriage. Like I'm it's so that that took a little while to hash out. Um we didn't we definitely didn't talk the only thing we talked about before we got married was join accounts for everything. Mm-hmm. We never talked about spending limits or thresholds or anything like that. And we had to figure that out after the fact. Um, and that was one of the few things that we didn't talk about before. Just because it didn't come up. We, we never even thought about it. Probably because we were pretty poor at the time. We never thought we'd have or even have to talk about $1,000 expenses or something like that. We, so you
1: weren't going to spend a $1,000 on anything. No, <laughs> we, we were living in an
0: apartment <laughs> at the time. So we didn't have home home expenses or anything like that. But I mean there's there's other issues I'm sure that come up. Like I, you got to figure I mean do people talk about having kids before marriage? Oh, we definitely but, did. But then and, one of the one thing you guys probably didn't talk about was your ideas on how to raise those
1: kids. Oh, no. Well, n- number one because neither of us had any idea of how to do that. So but you know, I think we figured like we obviously are figuring it out. But we didn't We certainly did not go and and say, oh, I'm going to talk it out with my kids or I'm going to, you know, smack their butt. Like we didn't have this conversation. Now, thankfully, though, we're kind of on the same page with a lot of how we do it. So sometimes big dad voice has to come in and and handle handle the boys. But most of the time, you know, it it, we're on the same page or in agreement with the with we might be tactically different. Strategically, though, it's the same. So yeah. we have similar, you know, like for our kids, we're not thinking. And this is, you know, like they have to go to college. Like, no, if they want to become a diesel mechanic or a plumber, God bless. In fact, I'd prefer it. But um,
0: I need a tradesman in the family to be yeah. honest with you. Like you with want to these become, rates? Yeah, yeah,
1: you want to become an HVAC tech? Get on it, right. and uh, you will have plenty of work right here. Um, <laughs> So we don't have that sort of thing where they have to go to college or they have to go into the military or they have to do this or that. Uh, We're not thinking like that. But as far as like our, you know, so strategically, we're the same. Tactically, though, she might have some different tactics than I do. And sometimes her stuff works. Most of the time hers works. But sometimes we need to go my route. And I think the important part is knowing when to recognize that what you're doing isn't working and to allow the other one to jump in and not uh offer too many criticisms so
0: yeah i think it, the idea is the joint front so even if you don't agree with how the other one is handling it you don't say it in front of the kids you talk about it after the kids are out of the picture right yeah um so my my wife and i have very different opinions on how the kids should be raised or you're right though same end result different tactics yeah She's very much the five, four, three, two, one person. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah.
1: And I, I've tried that counting. And essentially, I'm just yelling numbers out. Well, I just yell what I want you to do, what <laughs> I want them to do. So if I'm going to yell at them, I might as well convey a message to them rather than just count yelling. Count like,
0: hey, we know you can count. You know, yeah. good job. Well, my, so. my, my, my mother never counted. No, Uh, I never
1: got counted. My my,
0: my mother grabbed the upper part of my arm and dragged me into my room (laughs) if I didn't do what I was told. That's how I was raised, so that's obviously how I started raising my kids. Yeah, the the slap grab. (laughs) Or even even just, you're right, the dad voice. Yeah. Like nowadays, all I need to do is the voice and and they come to attention real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas my wife now tries to do the mom voice, and the kids aren't having that. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you know, the thing is,
1: I'm more likely to get loud with the kids. When she gets loud, they know they screwed up. So, you know, she'll she'll let them know when they screwed up, but like when she's starting to yell, like I yell, like they know that they really, like if they set mommy to that, to right, that right. zone, yeah. then they know they screwed up. We never discussed that, but I think the important thing is just to Give the other person the freedom to, the space or the room to navigate that how they want to without a constant, you know. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. And certainly, like you said, never do it like in in front of the audience. You know.
0: And I I definitely didn't learn that up front. I probably we we both in the very beginning. Now don't go wrong because the kids are so young; they don't really see it right. Um, Especially with the first kid, everyone screws up with the first kid. Yeah, I was the first kid, so yeah. well that explains. You know. But so, like, there were probably a couple times with the first kid. I was like, "Hey, you know, enough with the counting." Yeah, yeah, but I didn't say it when the kid was asleep. It was in front of the kid, and that was not the right place to do it. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's all that it's the whole you live and learn stuff with that when it comes to that. Um, like I, I always wonder. When it comes to divorce, though, what broke down? Like, especially if you kind of went into it with the right expectations. Unless, I got to imagine some people didn't. No, I think I think some people, like,
1: I think some people out there get married. And I have a buddy that got married and he's now divorced. Um, it was time for him to get married. All his friends were getting married. And he got, actually, he was engaged twice before he finally did get married and then he got married they had a couple kids and it was you know she was the ideal candidate for him but they were completely incompatible and I think they both did it because it was time for both of them you know yeah. which doesn't you know just doing it because it it, it because it's time like right. you know like you can do that like if you know if you need a gallon of milk you go to store and buy a gallon of milk right but you don't need to be married like you know that's a that's a, a gallon of milk a week you know you're dumping that thing down the drain and you're getting another one so well i think
0: with some and i i might get in a lot of trouble for this but i think with some women eventually it's the biological clock that's ticking no I, I, and, and they need to find a mate but i think with some guys eventually when you're the one or two last male friends single friends in your group and the other one's the guy you really don't like to begin with. And your married buddies don't hang out with you because you're trying to do single stuff. They're trying to do married stuff with their wife. So it's it, it's not like, not that, not that you're settling, but maybe that you're more receptive to the idea of getting married and saying, you know what, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I need to stop looking for someone else who's perfect because that's not going to happen. It's just like the realization kind of comes to you, like, yeah. You know.
1: Well, I think I think some dudes probably also get tired of just doing the same, th- like you know, meeting the bar fluzies and whatever. And right. you know, they they eventually get tired of doing that. It. I have a friend who we he finally got married, met a great woman, and they're you know they're awesome. But he was the last one, and he was also the oldest. But he was like the playboy. You know, and and but then I think eventually you just get tired of living that life. Right. And at some point you need a, a partner. But the thing is, the girl that he met is like the perfect person for him because they're both kind of, you know, I don't want to say wild, but they're both they both like going out. They both like doing all these things. So, you know, they're de- and they're she was the last one of her friends to get married. And it was, it was the same type of deal. So I think it worked out great for them. I don't think either one of them is settling. No, but no. I mean, there are some people out there that definitely do think, oh, and you know, the older I think the the further along in, in age people get, the advantage definitely shifts to the to the guys, to to the dudes because, you know, they're just their stuff works in the eighties, you
0: Ooh. know. So it's funny you mentioned that though because apparently, and I was watching um, I was watching the Tim Pool's podcast, and. He he had an expert on the show saying how the um, the men as they get older, especially if they're somewhat successful. I'm not talking like uber successful, but own a home, nice paying job. Um, not only are they able to attract women in their own age group who, who may be getting a little bit thirsty, but the younger women because they're looking for. The ones that are looking for marriage stability, whatever, they're not finding it in the 20-year-old to 25-year-old men because they're all still acting like dummies. Yeah, because 25-year-old dudes are idiots. Right, so this now early 30s, maybe mid-30s guy went from having minimal options in his 20s to now all of a sudden being the proverbial cow. Yeah, who has all the goods that these women, these young women are looking for. And also the mid thirties, young thirties women are looking for. But then on top of that, if he's got somewhat of a decent head on his shoulders, maybe even the post divorcee forties ladies. Mm-hmm. Like that mid thirties for a guy isn't a bad place to be. But even in your forties and your fifties as a guy. If you've got some, if you've got your stuff together a little bit, and aren't a complete conceited jerk, you're probably going to have some
1: options. Yeah, and and you know, especially people as they get older, generally uh, have a little bit more money. And not that these girls are looking for money, but money,
0: money factors in the stability. Right.
1: But let's be completely honest. Like, if a, if a guy has an established career, and that's you know not just put the dude, but anyone, if they have an established career established, you know, there's the, like you said, stability. They're not working from restaurant job to restaurant job. You know, they're, they're working for a company or for the government, whatever they're doing. And they've been there for a while. So, you know, they're probably not going to be like, Oh, Hey, let's pick up and go work at this bar. And I'm going to move down to Key West now. And I'm going to, you know, you know, saunter over here and do, you know, Oh, now I'm going to be a social media influencer, whatever kind of nonsense they're doing. You know, and I think when they're, you know, the the younger dudes are still still doing that <clears throat> and especially if its you know still in decent shape that sort of thing yeah you know
0: so that ship has sailed
1: for me you get but,
0: that, you still get that swipe left on tinder
1: yeah yeah you're doing all right yeah so um, but there's a great line in uh in um, I believe it was a uh, in 40 year old virgin and with I'm uh, not what's the dude's name um. Not Seth Rogan, but his his buddy, or, or not his buddy, but his no no it's knocked up. I'm sorry, knocked up. Paul Rudd. Yes, Paul yeah. Rudd. And and she says, I keep getting older, and he keeps getting better looking, <laughs> and I think there's something to that, you know. And I think that 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 kind of plays into it, but a little um, bit. Although I think women
0: are women get harder on themselves. Absolutely. When it comes to their looks, I mean, how many times? Yeah, you know, I always tell my wife, was like, I think she looks great without makeup. But when we go out, she's still putting it on. I was like, why do you do this? She goes, I'm putting it on for
1: me. Yeah. I I tell my wife the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, she says, you know, but she still puts it on. And, but I wonder if some of this stuff, like, you know, some of the other issues that, that, you know, kind of transcend if you, you know, we talked about religion earlier. How do people, now the thing is like, you can be of two different faiths, um, but still be grounded principally in in your principles as far as that sort of thing goes. Um, You know, if you're. And it, I don't think it matters whether you're... No, I'm not saying you're, like, I'm a jihadist and my wife is, you know, Catholic. Like, I think there'd be some difficulties there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, where are you going? I'm running out to go fight with ISIS. Like, I think that would be... <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a deal-breaker. But I think if you're... You know, there's a great line in The Simpsons where Ned Flanders, or is, where Reverend Lovejoy is holding Ned Flanders, and he says, you know, have you tried any other major religions? They're all pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, But when you think about it, they're all grounded in principle. So regardless of the faith, as long as you still have those shared principles, I believe my wife and I did and still do. So it was easier. But, you know, if you're what do you do if someone's super, super religious and the other one's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't think those people end up together. Right. I, I don't think the an orthodox Jewish person is marrying the atheist. I don't think that's not happening. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, but I could definitely see they get together under one, you know, with one, and then all of a sudden one of them goes and decides, now I'm going to become a born again Christian. Right. And, you know, there are definitely people that decide to make that jump later in life. Now, can the matter survive that? Because it's, it was the, if you want to think of it as a contract, it was entered under one set of circumstances, but now one of the parties has changed yeah. their expectations.
0: I don't so. think I don't think it survives that that drastic of a change. Yeah. Now, for in my example, we we had lengthy discussions over the religion mm-hmm. aspect of it. A lot of it also had to, had to do with traditions because the traditions in each religion were different. Right. Yeah, uh, Jewish people aren't celebrating Christmas. Well, some of my happiest memories as a child were from Christmas. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to have my parents uh, had very nice Christmases. Yeah. Um, extended family for Christmas. I mean, so I had very deep childhood memories in it. I wasn't willing to give that up. Unfortunately, my wife was like, well, I don't want you to give it up either. We'll just celebrate it all. Yeah. and so that was the compromise and the, the compromise. kids cash in Right, I mean, <laughs> my kids you know my daughter's using you know plastic bags for all the <laughs> gifts at this point piggy banks got too small so everything's going in ziploc bags now <laughs> for the gift cards and the toys and the toys there's so many toys it's ridiculous they it don't play with any of them none of them um But that was, so in our case, though, that was the compromise because neither one of us, well, I shouldn't say neither one of us. My wife was probably more into the Jewish religion than I was into the Christian religion. I was, again, I was more into the traditions and the holidays or I was more into the traditions, not necessarily the holiday. of it. Right. So I wanted to keep the traditions going. And so I went into it with eyes wide open. And because she was open to keeping my traditions alive, that made that transition a lot easier. And I think we're, we're going on 12 years or so. Haven't had an issue in that. Um, we have, as far as like schooling, when we decide on a preschool, our kids did go to Jewish preschool, which I was fine with, even when it got a little bit religion-y yeah. in the preschool. It just wasn't over the top religion-y because within the Jewish faith, they have reformed temples so it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit looser with the religion i mean not i shouldn't say looser that's not the right word but it's not like an orthodox church where or a conservative church where it's a little bit more by the book um in fact the preschool had non-jewish kids in there as well Mm -hmm. um and sometimes that just based upon availability availability and cost yeah like that's a lot of what it came down to um so, that that oh, that helped with a lot of stuff, though. Like, my kids now go to public school. They're not in a religious school. Now, we have talked about furthering the religious education as, as far as, like, um, uh, I don't even know what they call it in the in the Jewish religion. You know, and, going to Hebrew school. And Hebrew doing, school. Doing that, yeah. bat mitzvah and yes. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we have no clue what we're going to do with that. Right. Still. But mostly because we're both open to whatever. Mm-hmm. I think neither one of us want to make a decision. Yeah. You know, it, it comes more down to our indecisiveness than anything on this. <laughs> and we have time, but at some point we've got to decide if the oldest one's going to go to Hebrew school. Yeah. Because you can't just learn everything in like a weekend. No. So she can't just be like, hey, I'm 16 or I'm 13. I want to do it. Right. Like even, even like
1: my, my son just had his first communion and he had to go to, they call it prep in the Catholic church. So he had to do that. And that's at least in the same language. Yeah. Yeah, with the same alphabet. Yeah,
0: she's got to learn a whole nother alphabet language. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not so, learning that on a Thursday.
1: No, no, and like <laughs> Logan, uh, and it was virtual prep, which was essentially homeschooled. Right. Yeah, but you know, my kids they they went to religious preschool. Now, granted, it was a Methodist preschool, but so it wasn't. But neither
0: one of you were Methodist, right? No, no, <laughs> no.
1: You know what? It was. <laughs> it was
0: cheap. Yeah, it wasn't cheap, but they they were good. It was less exp- Let's what's what it to- it's less expensive than others because right. some of these schools are crazy oh, expensive. Yeah, they, they for call. preschool, by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, 14 grand a year for preschool. What? Right. Yeah, I didn't pay that for much for my undergrad. You yeah. know, like that's insane.
0: <laughs> right? But we could probably do a whole episode on the cost of preschool, by the way. Yep, yeah, mostly, yeah. That's
1: it's insane to And be. then we can make fun of the people that spent tons of money. But
0: <sighs> it, luckily We're not sailing in that ship. No, no. So, no,
1: No, I'm not. I'm not dropping off. uh, You know, uh, Buffy and Junior at the uh, fourteen grand a year preschool out of the Range Rover. Right. Uh, I'm not in that set. Um, but you know, when you go to religion, and then you know, there's there's so many other things like you know politics. I, uh, you know, my wife is she's more liberal than I am. Um, and it's fun to send jabs back and forth at one another um you know whenever something messed up happened I'm like yeah you, you thank your uh thank your democrat friends on that one Say like, shut up so you know but and i i'm more into the topic than she is however um there are people that are super into politics that fall on opposite sides of the spectrum um james carville and mary madeline uh were You know, one was a Democrat operative, the other one was a Republican. Like they were complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Um, And how they reconcile
0: that. So, you know, I. I, There's a good story about that kind of dynamic. And if you ever get a chance to watch the movie Recount, and it, it, it recalls a story of when Al Gore and George W. Bush were doing were contesting Florida for the election of who was president. Hanging chads and... Yeah, all that stuff. And there comes to a point, it's a very small scene in the movie where... I don't remember who was doing the asking, but I think it was... The person who was playing Ron Klain was um, the guy, the guy who was in House of Cards. Kevin Spacey. Okay. I think that was the guy. I don't remember exactly. Anyway... And he was asking the guy who was playing the character of James Baker, and James Baker was a longtime Bush family political operative. Mm -hmm. Operative being a horrible word, but he worked on a lot of their political. Was he? Wasn't he Bush or one of their chief staff? Yeah, chief staff, secretary. I think he was Secretary of State for one of them. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, the question came up of Baker mentioned that he was a lifelong Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so, and and the other person asked, "Well, how did you end up working for the Bushes?" And he basically said, so "His wife had just died, and George H. W. Bush, the father, senior, uh, the senior Bush, was just a family friend. They were family friends, and he said, Look, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm running this campaign. Why don't you come on the campaign and work for me?'" He said. I'm not in the same political party as you. He goes, it doesn't matter. You can come and do anything you want. Mm -hmm. And that's how he started working for the Bush family as a Republican. And he never left. (laughs) So, I mean, the funny, I I do find it interesting that people get so enthralled in politics and that they're right, you're wrong. And yet the people who are in neck deep in the politics. Like that's their job. Like that's their life. Right. It's their life. And even to them, the politics aren't that entrenched in them. Yeah. But anyway, as far as the marriage goes, my wife is also much more liberal than I am. Um, Although I would say a few years ago, five, six years ago, I was still probably in the in the blue camp. Oh, I, it, my,
1: my switch has been more recent. And like I said, I've always been more into it. And, you know, when I kind of started looking the other way, She's like, How are you doing that? Like, you hate these people. Yep. I was like, Well, I've, I've I'm woke, right. <laughs> but not that kind of woke. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I kind of started seeing things a little bit differently. I think that that's natural with it. as, as you get older, you know, your, your career stuff starts changing. You start having kids. Like, some of the stuff that you used to hold dear starts to not really kind of make a lot of sense anymore. Um, and then her not being into it, I think if we were to really get down to the granularity of it, I think we'd probably be a lot closer than than we are, than it seems. Yeah. So but you know, I'd kind of and I don't know whether I've moved right or everybody else just moved left. That's true too. So I think I I like to say that, you know, you know, I of course am the most virtuous, so of they course, course move past me.
0: I am rock solid. You know, they they flopped. Well, I definitely, I I think it definitely goes with the polarity of the political group. I want to say, probably eight to ten years ago, I never would have thought that I could ever vote for Republicans again, Mm -hmm. because of how far right they attacked with that whole Tea Party movement. Yep. Right. And it was they were of the mind that if you weren't, if you if you didn't believe exactly what we believe. This loud, loud minority of the group, then you're not a Republican. You're not a patriot. Yeah. They kept throwing around that word patriot. They still do. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, now as the left side, who's it's who can be the most left. Yeah. Who can be so left that you can't move any more left. Yeah. And I think it's always I've always been of the mind where yeah you know, if if I can't retain my views. Because I'm not going to be swayed by somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going. To, I'm going to be very open socially. I would like people to be fiscally conservative on the uh, on the other side of things, even though that hasn't happened in I don't know how many years on either side, really. Right? Um, but I'm also not going to be. I'm not going to be forced into saying something I don't believe in either. And that's what both sides have always. Eventually, they 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 kind of get their britches. And they try and say, well, this is how it is. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to say, it. no, yeah, I'm keeping my points of view, mm-hmm. whichever one of you is least demanding of me to, you know, to feel, uh, what's the word I'm thinking about it. to, to bend the knee. Then I'm going to go there. I'm going to go with them. Go right. You know what I mean, I'm not going to be forced into some opinions. Just mm-hmm. not going to, This is not going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, but when my wife, on the other hand, I she's more of the she's got a a, a single issue in which she always will vote for. Mm-hmm. That's who she's voting with because they stand for this. Yeah, the rest of it doesn't matter to her. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Yeah, I, I get that. And there are definitely some people on both sides. It doesn't like, so it doesn't matter which side I'm kind of tacking toward at the moment. I can point to either side and be like. Wow, I can't believe you guys are saying this. Like, yes. This is some really bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard to be standing at least on this side of the line with you, even if I'm not fully over there. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not pitching, I'm not building my house over here. I'm just over here with a tent <laughs> that I can pull up and move over here. Right. You park the RV there over there every now and then. <laughs> right. I'm not even putting the jacks down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm here temporarily until you go nuts. Yeah. Because the other side's super nuts. Mm-hmm. She's more of the opinion of this is the topic that I believe in. This is what I'm voting for. Well,
1: there are a lot of single issue voters um, out there. You know, yeah. abortion is a single issue. Uh, there are they're one. It doesn't they policy prescription. You could fall. But if they don't agree with you on that one, they're not getting your vote. Right. Second amendment's another one. Um, it could be they can believe everything. You know, and there, these different issues come up. Death penalty used to be one of them, but I, I think that's kind of. Well, you know, kind of going away. Like, you haven't really heard about it much. No, no. And, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's, but there are definitely people going and say, oh, well, you know, I vote for the fiscal conservative, but then the fiscal conservative goes and spends trillions of dollars.
0: That blows my mind. We're, this, we're the party of fiscal conservatism. Really? <laughs> because you blew up the budget more than the last guy. Yeah. And then the next guy comes in and does it, and then, Let's say it switches back to the Republican Party and they blow it up even more. Yeah, they just blow it up on different stupid crap. Oh, it's like, come on. Like, know, one yeah. of you, one. Yeah. Can you stop with the increase in spending? Yeah. Well, and then they, well, inflation, you know, kind of have to. Yeah.
1: Like, get, get out of here. <laughs> inflation that you cause. Right. You set the house on fire right. and now you want a, a, you want to, to charge me money to put it out. Right. Like, you know, like, the that's the problem. Like, They they like to stand there and say, "Well, I you know, you you started the fire, like you started all of this, and now you want a a medal for 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 ending it, and it doesn't make any sense." But they no one no one calls them out on it.
0: Well, the other side does,
1: right? But well, they're doing the same exact thing on the (laughs) but the people
0: but the people in the echo chamber don't hear that, right? And and then you get the maybe the far right guy will say it. But the people in the middle don't hear that either. Yeah. And that's a completely different podcast, yeah. though.
1: But, like but this, I think
0: I, be, as far as the, the, the marriage part goes, though, how do you reconcile those differences? Yeah. I think with politics, it's if you're going to let that again, if you're going to let
1: that fracture your marriage, then that's that's the symptom. There's another cause to that symptom. Um, There are certain things, you know, where. You take something something goofy, like, uh, you know, sports team. If you're a huge fan of this team or that team, you know, cowboy fan, redskin fan, Steeler fan, Ravens fan, Caps, fan, whatever you wanted to, to make it, um, that shouldn't fracture your marriage. That should make it more fun. Right. You know, like, because you know, now my wife is not a huge sports person. Um, She did fall in love with Tom Brady, I think. Just about every woman fell in love with Tom Brady. Yeah, beautiful chin. Yeah. Um, back in, when did he first break in the league? Oh, two. Oh, something like that.
0: It, there's some dudes that love Tom Brady. We know one of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Um, so, and since he left the Patriots, I don't hate them as much. I also don't hate the Patriots as
0: much. Oh, no, I, so, look, I, for me, it's Belichick. <laughs> he, he is Darth Vader. He is the worst human. On
1: well, Earth. no, maybe he's not Darth Vader. I think he's Emperor Palpatine. Oh, Tom Brady was Darth Vader. Oh. Yeah, because Darth Vader became good in, was bad, or was good, and then bad, and then good again in Empire or in, uh, Reven- uh, Return of the Jedi. Hmm. So Brady is Darth Vader, and Belichick is
0: uh, Emperor Palpatine. I suppose I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like either one of them. Well <laughs> you're right though. My my strong feelings yeah. are much less than they were. <laughs> right.
1: when they were both together. No, I was I was rooting for Brady this I just thought it was cool that, that he was there and like he and I wouldn't say rooting for Brady in the Super Bowl because
0: I really didn't care.
1: My team was out. Um you, you it know, was kind of neat to see him do it though with
0: You know a weird dynamic? I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I like Andy Reid. I have nothing against the Chiefs, but I still rooted against him in the Super Bowl, mostly because they beat the Ravens. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs beat the Ravens. I, I was all up in my feelings about that. By the time we got to the Super Bowl, and I was like, you know what? Go for it, Tom. You get yours. Yeah. Sorry, Patty. Yeah. You know You know what, Pat? You've got a,
1: a whole bunch of
0: years left in this league. Listen man. They look so unbeatable sometimes. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, they look like what the Patriots used to be. Oh, yeah. As far as how well they do on Sundays. And it's like, as a fan of another AFC team, like, I'm worried that no one's going to be able to stop them, at least for the next
1: five years. Yeah. And the thing is, at least there were certain AFC teams that did beat uh, the Ravens beat them. That was one of the greatest games. That was a great game. Uh
0: that was regular season, though, wasn't it? It um, wasn't playoff.
1: No, they beat him in the playoffs. The uh,
0: the Ravens game.
1: This was back when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in in thirteen. Oh, no, that
0: was before Patrick. That was this, yeah, is, yeah, this, yeah. this is before the current regime. Yes, this current regime is what gets it scares me. <laughs> they look unbe- They look unbelievable.
1: But, yeah, but when you said the, the Patriots back in, oh no, no, in, you're right. Back no, yeah, they definitely.
0: Yeah, listen, that was a fantastic run. I'm I'm a huge Lamar fan, though. Mm. I want to see Lamar win it. Yeah. Just because whenever I watch national sports news, there's a lot of hate on that dude. And locally, locally there's beyond love for this guy. Oh, yeah. Just because, because, one, he's so young. Yep. But, two, he's like the most likable human being on yeah, Earth. Yeah, he's humble. He's not. He's super humble. Yeah. He's going to high school football games. Yeah. Like, He's just hanging out. Yeah. Like, dude, you get, I hope you win 20. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also biased. Right. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: yeah. Luckily, though, football wise, uh, my wife would be a Giants
0: fan. Oh, see, she wife. was. Look, our, our wives are from the same island. Yeah. Yeah. My wife is, is converted but, to being a Purple fan. But so she, she was never a Giants fan.
1: So she my, she, my wife liked the Giants because, so my father in law is from Massachusetts, he's a huge Patriots fan. And I give it to him. You know what? You're from Massachusetts. You can like the Patriots all you want. Like, and not people can like it where they want, but it's permissible at that point. He also likes the Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox. Bet. Um We've
0: talked about this
1: before. Yeah, I hate them more than I hate the Yankees. Yep. But the the thing is with so he, okay. And you know, if she liked the Patriots, I'd be okay with it because a lot of people just like who their dad likes. Right. Especially if you're not into it. But she was kind of a Giants fan and then we started going to some Ravens games. Said, hey, this is fun, and she had fun. One year, a, a friend of mine came into some season tickets, and we went to every game and tailgated. And the Ravens atmosphere is really it's it's a it's a cool uh, going to their games, and the they don't have the their stadiums downtown, so you don't have the big um, huge open parking lots that you would in a suburban stadium. So the tailgates are like little pockets, and. You know, she had a great time going to those, so that's what we did. And she's she's a bit of a convert, I guess. If she were to identify as anything, she would say she's a Ravens fan. But if the Giants do well, she'll root for them. Never the Jets. She must hate the Jets. The so, Jets are abysmal. That's right. why. Right, and you know, J E T S suck, suck, suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but Jets fans are obnoxious because every year they think they're winning the Super Bowl, every single year. Yeah, I don't um, think I don't
0: think marriages though are splitting up over sports.
1: Right? No, I think you'd have to be pretty again
0: symptomatic. You'd right. have to be pretty crazy. But I think politics kind of fall on the same on the same level as sports because at the end of the day, your daily life isn't affected by any of this politics nonsense, right? And, and with and the
1: thing is, like the athletes don't care about you. Neither do the politicians. Right. So you're right. kind of like being a fan. Right. So
0: yeah, I can I can wow. see how that how, how politics wouldn't drive marriages apart. But I do wonder. Sports, obviously, not a big factor. But with with the politics of it, though, I wonder if, if people do talk about their politics before they get married. Because I certainly did not. No, we, And even if, but even if I did, my politics or her politics, mostly my politics, have probably changed since we. Yeah, mine have been one. Like, if you're to draw that
1: thing, you know, we talked about before, where someone went became the super religious guy. Like I kind of left from where I was before. Mm-hmm. The, from her expectation of what she thought mine but it would, to me it's been an improvement she may disagree with, but i think it's been an improvement
0: um actually let me say i don't think my politics have changed i think the parties have changed around me right I, I don't i i think my my politics for the most part have remained the same minus a couple of a, a couple of policies minor policies here and there I, I think mostly it's a live and let live thing yeah and again whoever's not gonna yell at me the most is probably where I'm gonna go
1: right and, and there there are some things where where I fall pretty liberal on some some topics where I certainly fall pretty liberal on and and uh you know I'm not gonna put myself in a box um but I think the tide has kind of you know if you look think if you look at the jetty that sticks out into the ocean sometimes it looks really tall it's like oh yeah that's a big jetty and then other times you can't see it well the jetty's still there it's just the ocean moving around it so I, I think that's where I'm at. But, you know, I wonder if how people change. You know, sometimes you have that. You ever see that old putz? Think, think of an old putz in your head. Mm-hmm. And you're like, look at that old putz. At some point in that old putz's life, he's probably a pretty cool dude. But now he's an old putz. And does that change have an effect on a marriage, too? Like, you know, hey, you got married for you know reasons A, B, C, and D. And now all of a sudden dude or, or she's not meeting that A, B, C, and D, and they're just kind of an old putts. I Maybe mean, they just get sick of sick of each other.
0: Right. I, I mean I always wonder so I'm I'm still in my forties, but I acted like an old curmudgeon in my twenties. So I mean I, yeah. So my my wife met me when I was an old oh no curmudgeon get I, off my lawn i always told her i'm <laughs> i i'm, eight, I'm an 80 year old man and a 20 year old man body. i always have been i always will be i don't want to go out I don't want to do things i'm not I'm, I'm not into the bar scene I don't like any of this stuff i like six people <laughs> and you know two or three of them are my family right right uh exaggeration of course but you know I, i'm i'm not in it i'm not out there to make like 55 friends i don't i don't want the the super shiny teeth grinning at me all the time and then you know, talking crap behind me about my back right I, I want five to six good friends and that's it mm-hmm. i'm happy with that. yeah and if i don't leave my basement or if i don't leave my living room i'm fine with that too mm-hmm. she knew that when she married me right so you got you didn't just spring this on her no absolutely you not. weren't so su- you weren't like
1: bounce around the bar scene and, you know, running trivia night and doing all this stuff. Like, you were pretty
0: much, yeah, this is, you know. Well, I mean, I do dig a good trivia night. So. <laughs> but she was also of the same... She was of the mindset of, okay, that's fine, but, you know, I do want to... I, you will get out of the house and do some things every once in a while because that's what I like to do. Yeah. we. She's like, she's like we'll find a medium. Right. Yeah. But I don't know if everyone's having that conversation yeah. ahead of time, and I wonder... You're right. As people kind of change in the marriage and in the relationship, you know, maybe it's just not for the other person or whatever. I I don't know. I'm sure there's a number of reasons why that could happen. Yeah, maybe
1: maybe people put on a show in the beginning, and that's not who they are. They can't maintain it. Oh, I think there's a big part. Um, I think there's a big part. Maybe you, you you and you also want your 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 wife or your husband to bring the best out of you. So when when my wife and I met, she said I was very negative and a negative sense of humor. Possible. Um, probably still possibly true. I don't see it. <laughs> so You're a lovely human being. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you different. <laughs> but I can definitely say for certain that she's kind of brought a better side of me out where before, you know, I wasn't the one who'd make a joke at a party or carry on a conversation. i kind of stay in the corner and count, count down until it's time to leave. That's kind of what I did. And then since I met her, because of her personality, like we kind of, she kind of brought that that other side out of me which which i think is nice and i think if you have that person regardless of where you fall when it comes to uh religion politics whatever you can be opposite sides of the spectrum as long as that other person brings the best out of you that's that's going to survive if that person brings the worst out of you when you're complaining about the the toothpaste cap being off and you, you know or the the fact that you know i didn't take the the uh the trash out for the 15th time, then I think at that point, it, it's, it's then, you know, that's when that other, that other stuff starts to, to
0: fester and grow. Yeah. Yeah. It It's funny. You mentioned the whole go to a party and count down until you can leave. <laughs> I still do that to this day. <laughs> like we go somewhere and like, if I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to, to shut the party down. Mm hmm. Like I'm I'm ready to go home and go to sleep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. The time that I'm spending there, I'm having a good time. Yeah, that's probably the compromise. That's bringing out the best part. Um, but my wife, if she could, she would stay until like the last second yeah. before this thing is over with. And I'm like, look, we've been here for two hours. I'm good. <laughs> and and somewhere along the line, yeah, you know, we've we've come to a compromise as far as look. If I just got to get out of here, we're. I'll give you the nod, and we got to go. At the mm. same time, I'm not going to give you the nod every time we go somewhere. Yeah, because I know you want to stay. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. You know, it's a it, it, it's a large amount of compromise, and I think that's what you know, every marriage is based on, right? Yeah. Um, but I I do wonder if some of these marriages break up because they're not having conversations beforehand about expectations.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you
0: said, it's a contract. Yeah. You're dealing with a completely separate human being. You're not going to force them to do what you want to do, unless it's that kind of relationship, in which case it's probably not going to end well anyway. Right? There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it if there is. Well, but but you know, I mean, there are some people that that's just not, that's not a marriage; it's a hostage situation. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. and so I mean, sometimes you see that you know that that feckless dude just getting hen packed, oh, yeah. and you're you know like, you know it's it's some dudes just like to be bossed around. True. Um and, and there's a difference between being bossed around and picking your battles, right? Or like I just don't feel like dealing with that right now. What What do you want to do? Right? You know? Okay, sure. Your idea is fine. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, I really don't have anything better anyway. So
0: yeah, I wonder. I do wonder though, and I, I to be honest with you, I haven't dated in years. Thank God, because yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I could deal with any of that garbage anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if couples are having having the conversations before they get married, though. You know what I mean? I, I know, like in, in certain, um, I know in, in certain religions, depending on how religious both of them are, they have to sit down and talk with
1: a priest. Yeah. So the if you want to get married to the Catholic Church, you have to go through what's called precana. Yeah, yeah. So you have to sit there, and it used to be a priest mm-hmm. that would talk to you about being married. My question would be what does the priest know about being married? Right. Well, or, or pay yeah, or paying bills.
0: Yeah, I think it was but with that one it was more of are you willing to be in a marriage that adheres to the church's right protocol. So now they've
1: changed it and when my wife and I did pre-Cana, it was a married couple that sat there and talked to all of us about and you know, about being married, which I think was was I mean, I got something out of it. At first I went to it like, oh, you know, like there's a game on. I'd rather do anything but this. And then I'm sitting there and um, I had some things in common with it, with the, with the male half of this, of this couple. So, you know, it actually was, it was beneficial. Um, but again, it was a two hour, like an evening <laughs> at a church. It wasn't. An in-depth conversation and you can you can fake the funk for two hours you can fake the funk for two years but eventually you're going to get get tired of faking the funk and all of a sudden you're now you're
0: like you know it's uh the the, the true colors are starting to shine through yeah and some it's not something that my wife and i went through mostly because i mean we never really thought about that mm-hmm. um and obviously i mean obviously we're we're still Kicking The marriage is still kicking strong today. Yeah. Um, But I do wonder if something like that would have been beneficial. Not necessarily a priest or a rabbi, but maybe a rabbi, because rabbis get married. Um, But having another married couple to talk about things before you jump into marriage. Now, my wife and I were also in a different situation. And you were, too, where your parents had stayed together. Mm Mm-hmm. Your wife's parents to stay together. Yeah. My parents have stay together. My wife's parents that stay together. You had that model of two parents that stayed together, worked through some issues. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily we saw all the issues, but yeah. we knew there must have been some compromise going on in the background. Now, I think if we had met a younger couple that we could have talked to about marriage things, maybe the wife with the wife and husband with husband type of deal where you can kind of get an idea of things, um, as long as they're going to be honest with you about yeah. their situations, if you have questions about it, I think that's beneficial. I do. Um, yeah, I think that kind of happens
1: to a certain extent because, you know, I work with some, some, you know, I work with a bunch of young people, you know, they're, you know, and, and when I was a young dude working with these older guys, I'll never forget when I was, uh, one of my, one of the senior guys at work was like, Hey, dude, um, And I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about something with the the wives. And I I guess at the time, she was my girlfriend. And he said, look, hate every third thing. Huh? He goes, yeah. When you're planning your wedding, I think as we were talking about planning the wedding, he's like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that you just don't care about. Like, you don't care about the colors of the napkins. You're probably going to care about the bar and the DJ. And that's about it. And that's about right. And the food. But he said, hate every third thing. And I was like, well oh, okay. He goes, because it shows that you care. Because if you just say yes to everything, it means you don't care. Right. However, if you hate every third thing, whether you do or not, and what it worked out to do, you know, and that's the type of advice that maybe it's bad, but at least you're talking to somebody else who's doing right. it. Right? So it happens informally. But if someone is just – now, for whatever reason, my group of friends, the most of them – um." Are all still married? They come from their parents are all still married, um, and this is across the spectrum of all my different groups of friends. Most of them are still married, and who those are who those of them who are married they come from homes where the the parents are still married. So it's kind of a weird thing like they all kind of found each other. So I had a you know you have a lot of, of you know that older guy advice like hey dude you know you might not want to do that <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah so but it's not formal. But if you have people that come from train wreck backgrounds, they're not going to get that, that solid advice from anyone.
0: Yeah. It's a good, good advice, especially for any younger guys, women, even that are listening to this. Don't, don't just jump into marriage without at, at least some kind of an idea of what it takes to be married. And, whether you talk to other women or other men that are married, uh, religious counseling, whatever it is, um, even if it's your own parents, I know it's going to be, it would be awkward to talk about marital advice with parents, but at least you have an idea of what you're jumping into. And then also on top of that, don't be afraid to have those conversations with who you're going to get married with before you get married. Um, Because the hard conversations in the beginning could lead to much easier conversations down the road Uh, with that being said please like subscribe share this podcast video wherever you're watching it rate us on apple podcasts or google podcasts Uh, this stuff really helps us out a lot and we hope you enjoyed this show and we'll see you next time